Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Myrex Short Takes on Suicide Prevention podcast. I'm your host, Adam Hoffberg, and today we are joined by Dr. Brad Carlin. Dr. Carlin is currently the Vice President and Chief of Mental Health and Aging at the EDC, which is the Education Development Center. He works with the public and private systems to promote the dissemination and delivery of evidence-based psychological treatments for mental and behavioral health conditions, and also has a particular focus working to improve mental health and dementia care for older adults. In addition, he is an adjunct associate professor at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, and also has previously served with the VA as the National Mental Health Director for Psychotherapy and Psychogeriatrics with the VA Central Office. So a lot of stuff going on in your work, Brad. Welcome. Thank you, Adam. Delighted to be with you today. Just gave a brief overview, but can you just tell us a little bit about you and the focus of your work? Certainly. So I am a clinical psychologist by training and have spent most of my career working to transform mental health and dementia care in large public and private systems by promoting the delivery of the most effective treatment science has to offer. So uh, you alluded to evidence-based psychological treatments or evidence-based psychotherapies. Uh, I have a very strong interest and passion to making these treatments more widely available as well as uh, evidence-based psychosocial treatments for dementia care. And my work involves improving care delivery at multiple levels of the organization and the care delivery process. So it's an implementation, science-focused approach to improving care. And I have a strong clinical interest in the care of veterans, something that began back during my year of clinical internship at the Palo Alto VA and continues to this day. So I'm uh, very uh, honored and uh, passionate about working to improve care for vets. Excellent, and we're very honored to have you on the show today. So I'd like to jump into a little bit more in-depth on evidence-based practices, evidence-based psychotherapies, or EBPs for short. Um, give us an overview and, and some maybe some examples of EBPs. Sure. So evidence-based psychotherapies or EBPs are specific psychotherapies or talk therapies that have been shown in multiple randomized controlled trials to be efficacious or effective. And unlike more general psychotherapy or counseling approaches, evidence-based psychotherapies include specific active ingredients, if you will, uh, or change strategies. And these include cognitive, behavioral, or interpersonal strategies for improving functioning in one or more areas. So some examples of these treatments include cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, interpersonal psychotherapy. There are specialized versions of cognitive behavioral therapy now available for uh, conditions like PTSD. Uh, So uh, those are cognitive processing therapy or prolonged exposure therapy. And these treatments are typically recommended at the highest level in clinical practice guidelines, often as first-line treatments for specific conditions. That's helpful, and uh, one can imagine we'd want to have these treatments available at the VA. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about the efforts, and especially uh, your work here at the VA, to make these treatments more widely available to veterans? 
it's an interesting story, and and I am truly uh, honored and privileged to have been part of uh, this story. And beginning in around 2005, the VA embarked on an ambitious effort to transform its mental health care system to an evidence-based and recovery-oriented system of care. And at that time, I joined VA Central Office working with uh, Tony Zeiss, Ira Katz, and others to help guide this transformation process. A major component of this process involved the dissemination and implementation of evidence-based psychotherapies. It was based on an idea that these treatments, which have been shown in randomized controlled trials to be highly efficacious, as I mentioned, to make them more available in routine practice settings, in this case, throughout the VA healthcare system. And VA embarked on an effort to do just that, which has ultimately resulted in the world's largest dissemination and implementation of evidence-based psychotherapies, having resulted in, for example, the training of more than 11,000 staff in one or more of these treatments, and is seen both within the United States and in other countries as a leader uh, in the delivery of these treatments. The most exciting part of the story is that there have been um, outcomes reported throughout the literature and in many different presentations, internally and externally, demonstrating that these treatments have typically resulted in very robust improvements among uh, many veterans, most veterans for that matter, who receive them. And these veterans often uh, previously, if they received treatments, received very different types of treatments. So this was new for many folks and has provided some new opportunities, many veterans reclaiming their lives, so to speak, um, after having an opportunity to receive an active treatment like, for example, prolonged exposure or cognitive processing therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy. So, um, so it's very exciting to have uh, been a part of such an experience that has worked to improve the lives for many veterans. Thanks, Brad, for telling us about the VA's efforts to roll out these evidence-based programs. And I understand the work is not done and that there is a new product or program launching called treatmentworksforvets.org. Can you tell us a little bit about this website? Sure. We're very excited about Treatment Works for Vets and what this may offer for allowing more veterans to be able to receive these treatments, as it's very clear that those veterans who receive these treatments typically do quite well. There are many veterans who can benefit from these treatments who are not. So that is the goal of treatmentworksforvets.org, which takes a two-part approach to addressing this issue and promoting veteran uptake of and engagement in evidence-based psychotherapies. So, Brad, tell us about this first part of the portal. How does that happen? Sure. So the first part of TreatmentWorksForVets.org involves a EBP public awareness and engagement platform. So this portal is designed to promote veteran awareness of these treatments, promote interest and motivation to hopefully seek out these treatments. It also provides specific function for helping veterans find these treatments, whether they wish to do so within the VA healthcare system or outside of the VA healthcare system. This is a resource for vets and providers 
both within and outside of VA. And it's worth noting that the approach we've taken is very different than many approaches to informing and engaging veterans. We learned pretty early on and in my clinical experience that most veterans are not interested in information-heavy approaches. So we created more of an online experience that leverages some of the principles and practices that the pharmaceutical industry has leveraged well, bringing them to psychotherapy. For example, incorporating animation in the messaging, character-based content so veterans can see and experience what depression and insomnia, which are the two areas of focus initially for the website, look like for those struggling with these conditions, and then to see what treatment involves and be part of a immersive experience where they can begin goal setting and apply some of this information to their own lives. So you mentioned that initially it's going to launch with some specific resources and engagement around depression and insomnia. Tell us a little bit about about that and, and what's coming next for the veteran part of the portal. Certainly. So the website has just launched, so we're very excited that it is now live and, and public, so we hope folks will check it out. The focus, as mentioned, is initially on depression and insomnia, but there are plans to expand this beyond those two initial areas of focus. In the next few months, we will be completing the expansion of the website to include a focus on substance use disorders, and we're excited to soon make that available as well. Great, and I just want to echo your comments about that immersive experience. I really got to demo the web page, and it was so engaging to watch the videos and watch the animation and hear the characters speak. So um, anything more you wanted to say about that aspect of the website? Thanks for asking, Adam. I think this is a critical opportunity for uh, psychotherapy, for psychology, that has not been realized, although it's used in other contexts for promoting engagement and providing information. And in some user testing we've done with veterans, they've responded very well to this. And I think we'll increasingly see this as an important mechanism for promoting interest and engagement that we're excited to bring to this specific context and hope that it will allow for greater interest and uh, more of an immersive experience than maybe more traditional information approaches. Let's uh, shift gears now and talk a little bit more about the other prong of the website, which I understand as a provider portal, um, which may be of special interest to the clinicians listening to this uh, podcast. Tell us a little bit about the provider portal. So the second part of treatmentworksforvets.org and part of our two-part approach to promoting veteran uptake and engagement in evidence-based psychotherapies involves engaging veterans in pre-treatment shared decision-making, and that's the focus of the provider portal. We're bringing shared decision-making to mental health where it's often not a very explicit part of the treatment process, but we believe, and some research suggests, including with veterans specifically, that if veterans had an opportunity to learn about different treatment options, including EBPs, but other treatments as well, before treatment begins, as opposed to just starting treatment once they've been referred to mental health or just show up for treatment, then they're more likely to be engaged in the treatment process. 
as well as, frankly, get to that particular treatment to begin with. Unfortunately, decisions are sometimes not made with the explicit focus of engaging veterans, providing for informed choice before treatment begins. So that's the focus of this provider portal, and the provider portal includes what we call an evidence-based psychotherapy shared decision-making toolkit for mental health providers that step-by-step presents a process beginning before the initiation of treatment for engaging veterans in shared decision-making. And it also provides specific tools and resources for promoting ongoing engagement in treatment uh, if and when veterans do make the decision to begin treatment. This is really important work to help engage veterans before uh, treatment begins in this shared decision-making process. And you mentioned there's a toolkit. Can you go into a little bit more detail about what that involves? Sure. Well, the toolkit includes as a main focus what we refer to as the shared decision-making session. So this is a session with specific steps that are detailed in the toolkit and resources provided for delivering that are conducted as part of this pre-treatment shared decision-making process, and we provide uh, a variety of information and decision aids and tools both for the provider and for the veteran for engaging in this process. It is a highly collaborative process that involves a significant focus on interpersonal engagement, on forming a connection with the veteran during that initial session, and then helping them to embark on motivational enhancement, to become a bit more motivated for treatment, um, to begin to identify how treatments could likely be helpful for them, and providing them with information that will allow them to make a decision about a specific treatment with they themselves having an important part of that decision-making process uh, and then arriving at a decision at the end of the session. Very nice. And I understand that these are aids and tools that they can actually use during a session? Yes. The toolkit includes very um, specific decision aids, worksheets for uh, clinicians and for veterans for embarking on this shared decision-making journey, if you will. So uh, within the toolkit and on the website, there are specific forms, including treatment options grid that can be uh, reviewed as part of educating veterans about the different treatments. Uh, they can also be customized for, for local use, depending on what treatments are available locally. There are a number of uh, handouts available uh, for veterans as well. And there is a checklist. Uh, it's a, a fairly detailed checklist to help providers in implementing each of the steps of the shared decision-making process. So we wanted this to be something that would have real applied value and be useful for fairly easily implementing prior to the treatment um, process. And that's how we've developed the resources and hope they'll be helpful to uh, clinicians who are interested in 
embarking on this process. Uh, that is so great to hear about all these resources freely available to providers. And how exactly do they get there? All of these resources are available, again, to providers both within VA as well as those who work outside of VA as a public resource. And providers can access the provider portal, which contains the shared decision-making toolkit that I've described, by going to treatmentworksforvets.org slash provider that will provide a direct link to the provider section or provider portal of the website or if they go to the main URL for the website treatmentworksforvets.org on the menu for the website they can select for healthcare providers and the toolkit is listed there for them as well so you can enter either way if you will I would like to note though that in addition to the provider portal, we believe that the veteran portal might be of great interest to providers for perhaps even introducing to veterans when they initially meet with veterans or otherwise have contact with veterans. So it might be helpful to first review the veteran portal, and hopefully that can be useful to clinicians to then let veterans know that this exists and even feel welcome to incorporate it into the initial intake process or uh, treatment process that, that may be useful as well. Thanks, and we will definitely include the links to both of those uh, pages just so folks have them at their fingertips. And uh, Brad, we want to thank you again because uh, we're so excited to be part of this project and to help promote it. Um, any closing remarks before we let you go today? Just to say that, uh, one, thank you for um, having me be on today, but would like to just say it's been a real honor and privilege to be able to continue working on behalf of veterans and uh, those who help veterans. I want to express my appreciation to those who are listening who do this work day in, day out um, for uh, those who've done so much for us, and uh, it's just been uh, a real delight to be part of this new project, and I do hope that it will be uh, useful both to veterans and, and to providers and ultimately allow uh, more veterans to seek care and to be able to um, move forward in their lives in important and significant ways. Fantastic. Well, folks, that's going to do it for today. And as we keep mentioning, please visit the treatmentworksforvets.org website. We think you'll love it, and we'd love to hear any feedback from you about your experience. If you have any questions or comments, don't hesitate to reach out to us. And um, thank you again, Brad, for being on the show. You can always uh, reach Dr. Carlin as well. We'll provide his information. And until next time, join us for more interviews on important work in suicide prevention and resilience.